So, um, what did you think of that project? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, that was awesome, actually. Um, you know I follow everything you do, so uh, I enjoyed that very much. I think I like the um, – it's like all of them. He listened to you, I get a feel for uh, what you're going through once I learned that musicians actually write down their life story. So that's how I started paying attention to what you're going through. And so when I listen to your lyrics, um, then I kind of know where you are in life. And so um, the clearer the music is for me, then I'll know how to handle you. Uh, and, and I'll know how to approach you. So when I ask, you know, how are things going, and you'll tell me. So I kind of know based upon what you're writing in your music. So, but I, I love this, um, especially the uh, dark skin. What's it called, dark skin? Mm -hmm. I love that one. That's pretty much awesome. Yeah, that's one of my favorite songs. That's one of my favorite songs I've ever made on the crew. Um, yeah, well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> that project is called A Happy Man. Um, I still haven't announced a date. For it to drop, but it's coming very, very soon. Um, because people keep asking me when I'm supposed to drop it because I ain't heard none of it, <laughs> and I was just like, Y'all just have to wait for it, fam. So, hey, y'all just gotta wait for it. Um, let's just uh get into the episode. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and start. <laughs> that's watching for all five of y'all that's watching or listening um welcome back to dende hour uh, i have a very special guest today just go ahead and introduce yourself who are you sir i am as you all would call him dende but i call him jc he is my son i am his father well uh, nice to meet you sir uh where you been all my life <laughs> in your life he said you went to the store to get some cigarettes and uh, and the carton of milk, and I haven't seen you since today, until today. So you guys are getting the reunion. That was on my that was on my eighth birthday. Left on my eighth birthday to go get some Pall Malls and a carton of milk, and I hadn't seen him since. Um, wow. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start with these questions. I asked people to like ask me questions uh, to see which way we wanted to steer this conversation. Um, so since we were kind of already talking about music, because I played you my album. Um, I'm gonna skip down to a music question. Let's see. And I didn't, I regrettably didn't write down who told me to ask these questions. So if you hear your question get answered, just comment and be like, yay, that was my question. And then nothing will happen from that at all. You'll just feel a little bit better about uh, getting a question asked on the show. <laughs> um, what's your honest opinion of me pursuing music as a career rather than completing college? What was it originally? What was your opinion of that originally? Um, my original opinion of it was that I thought that um, 
everybody needed a backup, and he needed a backup plan uh, just in case things didn't uh, work out the way he initially um, explained it to what he wanted to do. I always knew that he had a gift in terms of um, his music ability, but being um, a black male in America, um, I've always said that we have to work twice as hard just to be seen as an equal, and I needed him to have a backup. Um, but once I saw the focus and the direction that he was going into, and he explained to me that in order for him to have a B plan, that means he doesn't believe in his A plan. And then I kind of backed off from that, and I allowed him the space and the freedom, flexibility to go ahead and move on with his A plan. And thus far, it's worked out perfectly for him, and I'm proud of what he's accomplished thus far. Do you hold, um, this is part of the same question, so you already answered, like, the second part of it, which was, has that opinion changed? So, yeah. But, like, do you hold the effort it takes to be an artist to in high or low regard? Because I know that people, like, they see stuff at surface value, like, they'll see somebody's doing a show, and there's, like, what, like, 10 people there. And they'll be like, okay. And they'll see somebody put out a song. And they'll be like, okay, they put out a song. But, like, a lot of people don't see all the behind the scenes, all the, like, and, like, Kier knows because we live together. But, like, all the nights of literally not going to sleep till 4 a.m. And then having to work at 6 a.m. <laughs> like, do you do you see, do you hold what it, the effort it takes to be an artist in high or low regard? Um, I hold it in high regard because... As with anything that you do, if you're going to be great at it, you have to put the work ethic into it. You have to. It's all about work ethic, and it's about the stamina to to do it. So, if it's something that's important to you, if it's something that you want to accomplish, I equate that to the Michael Jordan in terms of the NBA championship or the Tom Brady with the NFL uh, Super Bowl. His his their mentality is. It's not about the journey. It's about the end result, the end goal. And so they put the work in to accomplish their goal. And so what I know about you and how I watch you uh, approach your craft is that the end goal for you is what you're going for. So it doesn't matter if you have to have sleepless nights. It doesn't matter if you have to travel. It doesn't matter what you have to do to get it done. So I've been proud to watch you. Now, as a parent, as your dad, I want you to get sleep. You yeah, know, I mean, everybody I, needs sleep. I, I want you, I want you to to kind of kind of rest, but I understand it. So, I hold it in high regard what you do and how you go about approach, you know, approaching your craft. I just want you to rest. I had um I had um Lakita Valon who like is on dark skin. She sings like the backup and stuff in that song. Uh-huh. I had her on and we were talking about it because she lives with her mom and before like the pandemic and everything, um she didn't. And then she moved in with her mom after. And before then, her mom she said her mom didn't really like respect me, like what she was doing like musically as a like a job or a craft or anything. And then once they like were stuck in a house together, and mm-hmm. she was seeing that the same amount of hours that she was spending doing social work because she said her mom's a social worker, mm-hmm. doing social work, she was doing the exact same thing like right, music. Right. She was just like, and she was like, she liked that as opposed to. Um, her mom used to call it that music thing. She was mm-hmm. like, um, she would start calling it work. She was like, well, Lakita's working, so we can't do that. So I thought that was a cool, like, transition of opinion of, of what it is. Because I, I know that a lot of people don't see, like, the what it really takes to, like, pump out not even good stuff, just anything in general yeah. in music. It takes a lot of effort just to put anything out. 
Well, uh, uh, like I said, I've watched you, you know, since you was a kid, you know, you know, being in high school and, and drumming and, and learning to play the guitar and learning to play the keyboard and everything you've done. Uh, I watched the effort, the writing and everything you've done. So I know that it takes a lot to do it. Uh, again, just to reiterate what I said, the only thing I want you to do is just to rest. Yeah. Uh, to get some rest, <laughs> in, in, but I do know the hard work. So no, I've never looked at it as that music thing. I just wanted mm -hmm. you to make sure that there was a backup plan because doing music, I want you to learn. And I've always told you this: learn the whole business. Mm -hmm. So if you can just, if you know how to do the writing, uh, the writing, the producing, the publishing, the playing, the singing, the rapping, or whatever. If you can do all of that, then that's more checks and that's no more finances in your pocket as opposed to yep. just being the artist. Then, you know, the musicians get the money, the publishers get the money, the producers get the money, whatever, and you're just the artist. And so I've always told you, you know, look at what TLC had to go through. Look at what this person has to go through. So if you learn from those lessons, that as, as you learn the business of it, mm -hmm. then more finances come into your pocket as opposed to going out of your pocket. That's what I always try to tell you. 100%. I believe that for sure because I try to do everything. I mix my own music and I, and I master it and I produce a lot of it. This album, I didn't produce, I barely produced anything on it. I got, I've been working with this guy, Billy. Shout out Billy Blunt. Um, that man, Austin, he's like amazing. He plays every instrument, every instrument that you were like hearing in the songs, he was mm -hmm. playing them. So okay. like the guitar and the bass and the piano and stuff, he was playing that. Okay. And he's amazing. Like Billy is one of the best, just instrumentalists I've ever met. But he's a great producer, so he's been doing a lot of stuff for me. Okay. And I believe in actually paying, paying producers because a lot of people don't. I just found out that producers are supposed to get 10% of royalties. And I've been giving them 40 <laughs> so, I'm not gonna change it, but like I didn't, I didn't know they were like jipping these people like that. That's crazy. Like I, th I think the songwriter gets the most, and then the artist, and then the producer, which doesn't make sense because the without the the music, there's nothing. So I don't even get it. They were getting they were getting paid the less, and they didn't get any recognition because their name isn't on anything. That's why they started putting those ugly beat tags on the front of like rap songs. All those. Uh, if your Metro don't trust, like all that stuff, I hate those. But like they did that because nobody knew who made the beat, because they didn't get any recognition, and apparently they weren't getting paid. <laughs> so, uh, well, I, I don't know anything about that part of it. It's so, crazy. I, I would tell you this: um, always look from a legal aspect of it to make sure you protect yourself. Oh so, yeah, for sure. Um, that, that's the only thing I always tell you. To do we got contracts and stuff. You. Okay. That, that's yeah, me and, me and Billy got contracts and stuff. It's, um, he, he he's. Well aware how much he make off of the stuff. I literally give him. I give him forty percent, like, which is more than I'll get on some of them because I'll have a feature. I just no matter how many people are on the song, Billy gets forty because he made the beat, and I feel like that's fair. Like okay. he made the music, he gets forty okay. percent, and that's not him. That's me because he didn't even ask for anything. <laughs> like okay. I just okay. feel like it's fair. I feel like it's fair to give the musician the money, and I feel like that'll come back around, as opposed to you just like jipping people, because that's trash. Um, let's go to another question. Let's right. stay on the style music, but let's switch the trajectory a little bit. What do you think of the Christian billionaire Kanye West? Because I don't know if you just uh, saw, but as of recently, he just became the richest black man uh, in existence with a um, net worth of six point eight billion dollars. My opinion of him has changed slightly. Before you say something, mine has changed slightly because I don't really like billionaires, <laughs> but. Uh, 
let's hear what, what you think of the Christian. This is how it was worded. The Christian billionaire Kanye West. Okay. Um, <laughs> how to put this. Okay. In terms of, uh, I'm going to have to separate it. You got to get closer. I, I, I'm going to separate it. Um, as it relates to him being a billionaire, just, just a billionaire. Mm -hmm. In terms of his product, in terms of his, his, his fashion wear, and things of that nature, and his music, in terms of his secular music or whatever, that's one thing. That's that's a brand. That's what he does. That's what he's done. And it's we live in a in, in a, a consumer mm -hmm. uh, age where supply and demand. So I never seen. He he he's supplied something, or there's a demand for it. He supplied it. People bought it. Now the thing about it is, consumers don't have to pay for it. They don't have to buy it if they don't like 100%. it. Hundred percent. So with that, uh, you can't be mad at somebody who produced something and people are paying for it. Now, as it relates to putting a Christian spin on it. Uh, I, whoever wrote the article saying a Christian billionaire, I think he became a billionaire without throwing the Christian part on it. Uh, so I, agreed. I, 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 th I, I think, think I, it might have helped. I, I, I think, <laughs> but that, I agree. I think whenever you start putting labels on things that people have done from a secular standpoint, so he's his his trajectory toward becoming a billionaire had nothing to do with him being a Christian. It had I don't. everything to do with just him putting producing. Um, you know uh, services that people wanted and then if he decided to become quote-unquote a an outspoken Christian and so they tack that label on it so I think it's all in all fairness you need to separate the two I agree. Uh, and not just say well he's a Christian billionaire because then that's gonna shed a, uh, a, a negative light on, on on Christianity as a whole so uh, I, I'm not gonna really touch into that anymore. you don't think we need that. to no I don't you don't think, I, you don't think <laughs> we need to I think we need to. I really do. I wholeheartedly do. I think we need to start because the Catholic Church got away with a lot, and they shouldn't have. I, we we kind of just let it go. Okay, so what do you want to talk about? What, what do you want to talk we, about? We need to. We well, that one for sure. Well, that one for sure. The the Catholic Church they were just out there molesting kids, and they were just shuffling. I saw um I saw um Bill. That's this that's this is a fact. And then, and I saw um, a comedian, uh, Bill Burr. He was on like live television, like morning television. Okay. And the people were asking him, like, they were like, "You made a joke about uh, a crucifix. Don't you think you went too far?" And he was like, "Yeah, I told like thirty jokes, and one of them was about a crucifix. Don't you think? And you think I went too far? Don't you think the Catholic Church went too far, uh, molesting all those children and then shuffling around the pre priests like Cyril uh, does to all those." Uh, like zero does to those killer whales that kill people and don't even and they don't send their papers with them <laughs> like it was funny but that's really what happened like they were really like in south park did a show uh, episode about it too they were literally like these priests would have relationships with young boys and then when they get found out they wouldn't get reported to the police the the clergy would just pull them out of that town and then send them somewhere else right which is um. crazy I, I, I wonder, <laughs> that, that's I ridiculous. That. I, I, I agree with that. Um, and 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 so, what would you? What would your suggestion be to that? Uh, arrest them. I agree. <laughs> they they I, need to I go to jail, that. dude. But, but, I'm not saying that Catholicism as a whole is bad. I'm saying that anything that breeds non-accountability is terrible. But then, you know, um, I just recently told you before that I was extraordinarily proud of you of what you've done mm -hmm. with the uh, with the uh, the challenging of our police chief or mm -hmm. now former police chief. Um, and and how I've explained to you that 
in more instances now i am i'm proud of you because you have been probably a better man to me at your age at 25 going to 26 than i was at the same age because you are more vocal now and you've been more more vocal to me than i was to my own father so with the voice that you have the the thing that 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 we're looking at now it's it's called challenging mm-hmm. and so we don't challenge enough I don't think that you want to challenge the Catholic Church. No, no, no. But, but why not? But, but why not? They kill though? people. But why not though? So, so here's the thing: we challenge everything else that 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 seems to be wrong. We mm-hmm. challenge us, and so so why shouldn't we? Why shouldn't we say wrong is wrong, and then challenge it? I mean, I feel like some people did, and then it just got kind of swept under the rug, and then no one cares anymore because well, we have a pope that says that gay marriage is cool. Well, <laughs> like they they have a pope that said that oh, I don't care. So like now they don't care about the molestation stuff. I really do think that's what happened. Um, people did challenge it, and they were just like, "Hey, this is kind of weird that y'all were just like shuffling these guys around like they didn't molest people." But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we should we should definitely uh, shed a little. I don't think that as a whole, like religion and, and Christianity and, and Catholicism is bad. I'm saying that some of the stuff in it is bad. Well, like, no, no matter what group you find, there's going to be bad in no 100%. Matter what, what group you find. Everything. The thing about it is, is that wrong is going to be wrong no matter where you look at it. But you're going to have to have the courage uh, and the intestinal fortitude to challenge it. And you're going to have to be able to ride it. Ride it out until it's fixed. Um, we just witnessed this whole country go through some stuff, mm-hmm. and we're going to have to be willing to to challenge it and 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 ride that wave wherever it leads to. Um, I and think like it's I said, that's reaching what, the end of it. <laughs> uh, well, just like your your, your short film uh, that you just made, you know, um, just in case you forgot, I'm still black. The 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 thing um, that we just had for the past four years. Um, I'm not blaming the, you know, I'm not going to specifically blame that man, but no, no, I'm not going to (laughs) specifically, but because it's the system, the way the system was set up that Mm -hmm. allowed him to do that. So it wasn't just him. It's it's a whole conglomerate of people who, who supported that system Mm -hmm. that allowed him because one person can't do that. hundred percent. It's just one person cannot just have that much power to do that. But one person can figure out what buttons he's allowed to push. But, and but, and but it even, still be not illegal somehow. But but but, <laughs> like, but I'm gonna say this to you that even though even if he figured out what buttons to push, somebody else had to allow him to push. Hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. So, there's a, there's a, it's not just his. That's what I'm saying. Like it's not his fault, but it's his fault. Like it's it's the it's the fault of the system that is in place. Like when people ask me if I hate police, I'm like, no, I hate like the 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 outline of it. Like I don't hate individual people. Like right. I just think that the outline and like the, the the conglomerate of it is a bad thing. See, um, my stance is this: if it's if it if it's wrong for one person, it should be wrong for everybody. Hundred percent. If it's right for one person, then it should be right for everybody. So rules are rules, and if rules are going to if it's not going to fit for one person, then it shouldn't fit for nobody. So if one person gets to break it, then then it's it's, it's no longer a rule. Yeah, for sure. So why 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 have them? Yeah, uh, let's go back to Kanye. Okay, because we went on we went on a we went on a tangent. Um, with Kanye though, the Christian billionaire part that I wanted to talk about is, um, because I went to Catholicism, I want to go into strictly like Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, when 
Kanye went to Lakewood and held that event with Joel Osteen. Mm-hmm. I'm in that. I'm in the. I'm in this group chat with like my mom and like Tarsha and all them. And every time Joel Osteen does anything, I always just screenshot it and send it because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> because I like to point out that I don't think that I don't think pastors are bad. I don't think Christianity is bad, and I don't think church is bad. All right. I think mega churches are terrible. Because okay. it doesn't make sense. Okay. I really don't think it makes any sense for these people to be preaching prosperity and saying that if you sow this seed, if you sow this seed of $1,000 and buy my jet and my 50,000 square foot house, that's just the guest house, then you'll be prosperous in the next day's coming. Like, literally, that's what he does. And it's just like... It's just like, what is this? You're getting thousands of people to give you money, and you're not really doing anything. <laughs> like, I think it's crazy. And then Kanye to go in there and be like, we're going to have a Sunday service here, and they racked up so much money. <laughs> they got so much money. Okay, first of all, let me, let, me, let me say this here. Okay, first of all, my son said that uh, he hadn't seen me in eight since he was eight. <laughs> <laughs> Now, everybody who knows me knows him knows he's he's absolutely fabricating that. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I was say, he didn't even come back with cigarettes. Which was upsetting. I don't smoke. Okay. Anyway, um, uh, you sure you want to have this conversation? Yes. You know, let's talk about it. Joe Osteen is terrible. I think Joe, I like Joe. Look, look. Okay. Okay. Wait. Wait. I like Joe Osteen. Cause, cause I like you know, Joe. I like Joe you know Osteen. Your mom and Tasha listen to this, right? I don't care. I like Joe Osteen, and I think it's hilarious because, like, especially when they got like that, they got COVID funding. <laughs> like they got like millions. They got millions of dollars of COVID funding. What? Like why? Okay. For what? Okay. Okay. What okay, do you need okay. COVID funding for, dude? Okay, okay. Okay. That's so crazy to me. But okay. I do like him as a businessman. I just think as a as a pastor, like that he's a terrible person. But like as a businessman and a, and a billionaire, I think he's awesome. <laughs> like I think he's awesome and he does exactly what he needs to do to okay, keep his money. So, so so which how do you want me to approach? I don't want you to approach it anyway. I want you to approach it how you want to approach it. <laughs> this is something how you feel about okay, this guy. Okay, here's the thing. Um as it relates to yeah, closer. Um, okay, as it relates to um, the the church itself, mm-hmm. um, when his father was the pastor, um, it, it was a phenomenal church. I remember when his dad was the, was the pastor. Now, um, upon um, uh, uh, Joel taking on the church and getting the compact center, it the the dynamics of it tremendously changed. Now, as a businessman. He's doing some phenomenal stuff business-wise. Um, so you, you can't knock what somebody's doing from a business standpoint. Again, going back to I mean, to Kanye, you can, but... <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, you can, can but, the, but, the, but the reality of it is, if there's a supply and demand, and uh, unless it's illegal... 100%. I mean, and, and unless it's illegal, they're getting... And somebody's, you know, paying for the services that, you know... They're so, providing, 100%. Okay, they're so selling now, hope. Now, I like it. Now, now, I'm not talking about the hope part of it, but 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 now, when it comes to the the Christianity and stuff like that, I would agree that when you're up Sunday morning, because I can throw a rock into a crowd of people and say, "Well, somebody just got hit by a rock," 
And so the Lord told me to tell you that um, somebody just got hit by a rock. Well, of course, if I threw a rock into a crowd of people, somebody's definitely going to get hit. Mm-hmm. So that's not that, that you know that's nothing new. That's been going on for centuries to say I just threw something, somebody got hit, somebody just got hit. And so if you raise your hand, come back, then you're going to be healed. Whatever, uh, you know, stuff like that has been going on. You know, the Lord told me to tell you this. Said, well. There are several scriptures that tells us that we need to read our, ourselves to start, you know, to show ourselves approved. There are things, um, you know, you, you and everybody else in the, in the household know that I have a heart condition, mm-hmm. and, um, and 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 so for me, um, I don't think anybody who knows me know that I love God, I trust God, I believe in God. But here's the thing. I do also understand that God is not going to come down here miraculously and just take this heart out and put another one in. Um, the body is going to go do what the body is going to do. Now, do I believe? Do I have faith? <coughs> yeah, from a spiritual standpoint, I'm already healed. But physically, I'm going to have to go through the process. Um, you know, and if he, if, if by some miraculous chance that the dynamics of it changes then the doctors are going to have to tell me that, okay, this is changing, this is happening, whatever. Um, the Benny Hens or even the Joe Osteen's, um, I'm not going to have to go to some healing service where i got to pay $1,000 and somebody going to lay some hands on me, then miraculously I'm going to be changed. Now, I so, don't think that he does that. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> but, because I don't want to get sued. I don't think like he would no, sue no, me. I don't I'm have not, anything. I'm but, not, I'm not but, saying that that's, that, that's what he does. Yeah. But in the sense of... You know, you, you, you was talking about sowing seeds, mm-hmm. you know, in, in that light. Because sometimes we can say sow a seed mm-hmm. and we can use it and twist it in such a way that if I pay $1,000, yeah. if I pay $1,500. That's what I'm talking about because they do do way, stuff like that. If I do it in such a way that my hope is that if I pay this, in my, my last little bit of money, if I pay it, then at the end of the week, then something miraculous is going to happen and it's going to transform my life in, in such a way that it's going to make everything okay. And that's not the case. That's just not the case. Because, you know, in all retrospect, in all honesty, we're going to have poor people. We're going to have sick people. Things are not going to get better every day. Now, what gets better is the mindset. 100%. What, what gets better is the fact that if I have peace, if I have a peace of mind and a sense of clarity that um, that tomorrow may not be as worse as today you know it's not going to get better tomorrow but every day i have a peace of mind a peace of mind a peace of mind then it may not be i may not have you know roses every day but i have a little bit of hope whatever i don't have to spend my last fifteen hundred dollars to pay somebody else to say okay now god is coming down he's going to make me live in this place or i'm going to drive this car so i think that sometimes we get um when it comes to you mentioned mega churches I think that sometimes we do set people up for failure. Yeah. And when you set people up for failure, that's I think that's wrong. I think it should be – I don't think it should be illegal. I think that that's – I think it's awesome. I'll say that. I think that every business model works that way. Um in a church, a mega church, I'm not saying regular church, a mega church works in that same way. I just think that they should be taxed. I think at that extent, at that point, they need to be taxed, first of all, because they're still not getting taxed. And then 
I think that they should put like a disclaimer, like on their on their on their like on their programs. They're just like, hey, what I'm up here saying, some of these people that come up here actually do like want to help you and like want to like give you information and want to like read from the Bible and like and 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 help better your life. But when I'm up here, what I'm saying is foolishness, and you shouldn't listen to me. Like they should at least have a disclaimer because people don't read disclaimers. You know, it says it on cigarettes that it's it says it now. Literally, like you will get cancer. People still smoke them. So, like, I feel like they should, one, mega churches need to pay taxes, and two, they should put a disclaimer because a lot of those people are full of it. A lot of, I really wholeheartedly believe a lot of them that get up to that point that they have a mega church with thousands of seats in there, they're full of it. Like, I really do. Like, no. a lot of them get in trouble on the news because they have jets. They got one dude, I forgot his name. This dude went on the news and they asked him, hey, why'd you buy this jet? Why'd you tell these people to pay for your jet fuel? Like, he literally asked his congregation to pay for his it's, jet it's fuel about so he can get to another church. It's about. I have sinned against you, my Lord. Okay. TV evangelists can be a little over the top, but Creflo Dollar's appeal for a private jet may take the cake. We are believing for 200,000 people to give contributions of 300 U.S. dollars or more. Doing the math, that's $60 million. The head of the World Changers Megachurch in Atlanta asked for the donations in this almost six-minute video, dubbed Project G650, as in Gulfstream 650. Three of them. It's two people in Houston that have jets and helicopters. It's crazy. Three or four that we know publicly that has been on YouTube that has jets and Lear jets and whatever. So without saying names, um, yeah. Um, and, and so <laughs> yeah, we can we we can get into that. Can, I, I don't want to. We, yeah. we can move on. We can move on. I don't want to <laughs> but, but mess with, I'm, I'm with go- the mess. I'm going to say this to you. Um, from a business standpoint, I think that there's part there's a part of Christendom. Mm-hmm. That does become business. 100%. It, it does become business. Now, what I don't like is the fact that um, when you when you start selling Christianity, when you start selling Ooh, healing. Well, then you're not going to like what Joel Osteen did. So, Let so, me show you. So, so, so that's, what, that's what I don't like. Now, you know I pastored for you know, mm-hmm. a, a while. So th- that's one of the things that I don't like. Because you know as well as you know that I went down uh, to church every Sunday. You know what I did, and, and you know where, where we lived. I drove an hour one way to get to a small church. And If you had a jet, you would have got there way quicker. <laughs> yeah, but it, it took me an hour to drive there. And so uh, you know what, the size of the church, the congregation. And at one time, you and your sister was the only choir members we had. So... Um, and you know, I did, and we, you know, we did everything we could to make sure that the church survived. And so, I don't believe in selling um, Christianity. And I do believe this: if you're not in the business of actually helping people, then service, because service of that nature is something that you should not be into. Um, before I play you this, uh-huh. I wanna I wanna speak specifically about something that I thought was hilarious because it it. I feel like it showed everybody who this type of person was. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I think it was Harvey, R.R. was at our house, and we were watching on the news that Joel Osteen was saying um, his church was flooding. That's why he wasn't letting anybody in. And on social media, there was, like, pictures going around of, like, water in the church. But that was a lie because that was pictures from, like, two years before when they had, like, a pipe burst. Okay. And he was lying. 
And then social media bullied him into letting people in his church that had lost everything. Okay. I feel like, and when I saw that he was like, nah, y'all not coming in here, I honestly was like, that's a good idea because, like, when all the people um, after, uh, was it Ike or, or Katrina, mm-hmm. when all the people from Louisiana came and they were in the stadiums, a lot of stuff got messed up. But it was just because there was so many people. Like, it's basically refugees in one in one place, and a lot of stuff's going to get broken. So that's a liability at that point. But, but, but as a Christian, that your whole platform is that you want to help people and help better their lives to just be like, y'all can't come in here. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. That's why I was just like, that was awesome. Okay. That he was just like, no, y'all can't come in here, dude. Okay, but but, but look at it from this way. Um, uh, New Orleans, the the um, the Superdome. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it needed to be done. It was a safe haven for 100%. people. 100%. The, um, I feel like it needed to be done the, <laughs> during the, the Astro, Harvey. The Astrodome mm-hmm. could have been transformed into a safe haven. Um, there, there are uni- there are buildings here in Houston that are just sitting up, 100%. and there's no they're not being utilized for anything. Mm-hmm. Could be used for safe havens. Um, the job that I do, um, on dealing with a homeless people, specifically homeless veterans, I was taking pictures of homeless people, and there's an apartment complex boarded up. Yeah. So we got homeless people on the bridge. We got an apartment complex that's boarded up. The way we and, and so use resources is stupid. The thing about it is, is if you have a, <coughs> a, a church that size that could house people, because you can get the funding to, 100%. to replace and to remodel should you need it, but if we're talking about the sanctity and the safety of human life, then that should supersede your facility. I agree. So that right there is BS as far as I'm concerned. I agree. I just thought it was funny because <laughs> I was like, this guy's supposed to be super Christian. But also, he's selling these things. He's supposed to be super, super pastor. But um, so he's also selling these bo- these cubes. Uh, they're cubes? called Joel cubes. Instead of just like making an app. This is definitely targeted to old people that don't have smartphones. Uh, it's a cube, and it like gives you little self-affirming messages and whatnot. You know, our daily inspiration, our motivation, our positivity, getting our mindset right first thing in the morning, or maybe throughout the day, whenever you need it, is so important right now. And a lot of times we don't know where to turn. Well, I want to introduce you to the Joel Osteen Inspirational Rechargeable Sound Cube. So first of all, it is a Bluetooth speaker, right? It will work with the Bluetooth on your phone. But here is what is so special about this. 365 daily inspirations recorded by Joel Osteen. That's enough. (laughs) He's selling a cube with 350 inspirational quotes from Joel Osteen. No, 365. Okay, my bad. (laughs) Enough for every day. It's It's only 35, 50, whatever it says. It's only 34.99. So you got a calculator. <laughs> you, you, you calculator. I, I'm using my phone to record. I can't. Okay, I <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me do this right quick. See, you're going to make me cuss on your podcast, man. <laughs> I thought this is the smartest and most hilarious thing I've ever seen. 
at $35, $35.99. Probably plus shipping, you know. Shipping probably like $8. Okay. <laughs> no, it says um, pay FedEx. FedEx is of $7 and shipping and handling is $3.50. So that's another $10. And, and you know he has a flat rate for real on shipping. So his shipping probably only costs him like 50 cents. Okay, so you're looking at $34.99. So let's say $35 plus $10.50 plus Ten fifty. <clears throat> so you're looking at forty five fifty times about a lot. I'm gonna say, let's say, let's say a hundred thousand people. Just, just a hundred thousand. Fifty times a hundred thousand people. Forty five fifty times one hundred thousand. You didn't push the button. Okay, forty five. That's it. That's four million five hundred thousand. Really? <laughs> that is awesome. I think it's awesome. Um, I support this wholeheartedly. I think this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Let's pivot and stop talking about Joe Olstein. I just wanted to show you that because I think he's the funniest guy ever. Like I really like him as a person. As a pastor, I think he's a charlatan and he needs to go to jail. But as a person and a businessman, I think he's very smart, and this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Because, like, you could just make an app, <laughs> and they could just download it. But he's right. like, I'm going to sell this little plastic thing that cost me $1.20 to make right. and, and record these things that took me, five, like, 10 minutes and then give it to you. It was just the craziest thing I've ever seen. Well, <laughs> like, like, like I said, from a business standpoint. It makes sense. Like, built. Doing things from a business aspect is one thing, mm-hmm. but selling Christianity and hope is, is something totally different. It's weird. And when you do things like that, that's the whole. Um, I had a conversation just yesterday. Um, Jim Jones, mm-hmm. you know, you know, psychoanalyzed people and and sold hope. You know, from a standpoint of that, and you get you got nine hundred some thousand people, nine hundred some people dead. You know. Um, uh, Koresh, David Koresh, the same thing. Um, you know, l- leadership is not about um, who follows you. Leadership is about job accomplishment. And so it takes a team of people to come up with this stuff. And and so now you're accomplishing a mission. And a mission, some kind of way you've, you you move from, from actual Christendom in terms of what what God has to say about, you know, loving your neighbor, loving the self, and, and putting your focus on him and thus forth to apps and to, yeah. you know, to products. and Which, to, I mean, we I think we have to adapt to the times, but the, selling adapt, this thing is ridiculous. Adapt, you know what? One of the greatest things I've ever heard <coughs> was uh, uh, Dr. Clark, you know, my father in ministry, Dr. Clark in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um uh, when when Sister Clark was 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 um, you know she had cancer and and we were having our ministers meeting and <clears throat> he said I believe in laying on of hands and he said yeah, um, and if I had that gift by, uh, Sister Clark would be the first person I would lay hands on he said but I would not hold a uh, healing session I would not rent out the Frank Irwin Center to do that. He said, because you don't sell faith. You don't sell healing. You don't sell it. 
And then he said, the first place I would send her to is her doctor. Because when you look at the, the lepers, um, it was, you know, the priest who told them that they were expelled from the community. From, from the community. Um, and, and then they ran into Jesus. And then he told them after a conversation, go back and show yourself to the priest. So the people who diagnosed in the first place were the same people they had to go back to to have a re-diagnosing of what was wrong. So when you start doing things and selling things and, and things of that nature, I think that's wrong because you build up false hope. I don't know. That's um, so, so when you start looking at the um, the the Benny Hens mm-hmm. and things of that nature, <coughs> touching people on the you know the, the prostate and you know or, or in the area of the prostate or or the you know or the kidneys and things of that nature or their bladders and stuff like that, and then people end up dying. Uh, because they, they failed to go to the doctor, Jesus stuff Christ. like that. that that's that, that's kind of crazy to me. So. Yeah, it is. Let's let's, <laughs> let's pivot though. I don't want to okay. talk about this man no more. I okay. I just I, what I want to leave everybody with is that if you don't go to Lakewood, you should because this is, this guy's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to another question. Right. Um, mm, there's some good ones on here. Um, let's go to one that's easy. I don't know if it's easy. I wasn't alive. Who was the worst president you've lived through? Oh, wow. <clears throat> the worst president I've ever lived through? Probably. Not not on like if you like him or not. Just worst president. Like just the worst one. Like he was bad at his job. Donald Trump. <clears throat> How so? How what, so? What presidents did you live through? I didn't learn the presidents. Grew up in Texas. Um, they didn't teach us anything except for the Alamo. Um I was alive for Nixon. I was alive for Ford. I was alive for Jimmy Carter, um, uh, and everybody else. Um, so the Bushes, uh, the Bush, both Bushes, um, President Clintons, and okay. all those. So, um, <coughs> and everybody has a platform, and everybody has in, in each one of those, whether it's Republican or Democrat, mm-hmm. uh, everybody has their own specific platform. And whether it's a one-term president or a two-term president, you're only going to get so, so so much accomplished. Mm-hmm. And as you're, the new president coming in is going to have to finish the outgoing president's platform because it, they write it in and they do whatever. And then you have to finish that agenda. Mm-hmm. And then you, your agenda just begins to get started right when you're getting ready to leave. So... Um, So having said that, every president is not going to fully realize uh, his potential um, fully based upon what he wants to get done. Well, Trump almost did because he had a whole insurrection, which was awesome. Well, (laughs) but but here's the thing. Everybody has uh, an agenda that's from a political standpoint of trying to make some good changes. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, they have an earnest desire to make good changes mm-hmm. but when you're coming in there to specifically destroy i think what trump, somebody apparently from done. what i heard because i didn't do much research trump was actually pretty decent on uh until the pandemic pretty decent on jobs and uh no and veterans no no no, no. oh but trust me son I'm, I'm, I, I mean i, I just i just i'm just saying what i heard i didn't look okay. this up it's so, just hearsay okay so now, we, just now, now you're gonna touch in my area <laughs> it's okay. just hearsay all right so first of all um let, let's deal with that 
you're going to deal with um, the job stuff, uh, the momentum. My bad. Not jobs. I meant businesses. Not jobs. Not okay. jobs. It's two different things. Okay. Businesses. All right. So here's the thing. Um, when momentum is going mm-hmm. and somebody uh, put it like this here, let, let's take um, um, a, a relay. Mm-hmm. Okay. The the first leg, the second leg, the third leg. So the third leg in a relay is is really that, that, that leg is going to make up any kind of ground. So once that fourth leg gets it, the momentum for that race is either going to be won or lost with that third leg. Okay. So now um, coming up on that fourth leg, once that fourth leg gets it, if the race is already won with the third leg, the fourth leg, it just puts on the gas and keeps going and pretty much it's just coasting, you know, and widening the distance. So what Trump is doing so far as the jobs and the business or whatever, that's just a coast of what was already being laid in place. Which so makes sense because those cages that the Hispanic kids were in were also from Obama. Okay. So he's just running on with what Obama okay. did. So, <laughs> so, but, so but cool hold that. On, hold on, hold on. But that also was brought on by something else. Mm-hmm. So everything, everything is tagged to something else previous. Okay, now, when it comes to veteran, Dr. Ben Carson is a phenomenal doctor yeah however but he's an idiot so forth <laughs> for so far as housing yeah as a veteran myself <clears throat> and i work with the va mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. and i have to deal with veterans i have to deal with the administrative staff with the veterans i have to deal with some of the doctors and some of the counselors and and, and with the hud vast program and with the va staffing our grant comes through the va that mess what they created is a disaster crazy it's a hundred percent disaster so you did nothing to increase the thing now we've gotten um so far as assisting veterans mm-hmm. we have got um through the cares act mm-hmm. and through the um it's called the the um, stafford act we've gotten some funds to assist veterans however at the same time where you're creating these acts to give veterans certain um, services mm-hmm. on the other page, you're finding ways to take it away from them. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so on one hand, you're saying, okay, give them this, give them this, give them this, but at the same time, you're trying to find a way to take it from them. So you're not doing anything from. Them. And what the what the Stafford Act and the CARES Act and and all this new stuff that's going on with the, with the veterans is to make up for the Vietnam era what they didn't do for that. So that's what you, that's what's happening. It's not that you're doing such a good job at helping veterans. No, you're trying to cover up for something that you didn't do the first time, and you're not doing a very good at it, good job at it, because you're not training the veterans when they're leaving the the military on how to make a successful transition back from, into the regular back world. into the yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening. I'm not um, just so you and everyone else know. I'm not giving Trump an endorsement whatsoever. <laughs> I was just asking because I thought if that you because somebody asked that question for real and I th- I was hoping you would say another name because it would be hilarious to me <laughs> like if you were like no this president was worse I would have thought that was really funny because didn't Nixon actually get impeached like get taken out did he get taken out or yeah, that he, was uh, no he got impeached but he you know uh, but <clears throat> he finished no he he, he got impeached um, like completely like he left yeah he left he left off then how was Trump worse he <laughs> <laughs> but but here's the thing though. He got impeached twice though. Yeah, so. but he got impeached twice. <laughs> so Nixon gets impeached 
and then he leaves. But but this person gets impeached twice. So he's the only president in the United States history that I gets think, impeached twice. I think it's the Democrats' fault that um, Trump ha- got to stay in office as long as he did. And I say that because they were chasing this false narrative of him being a Russian intel guy as opposed to them just pointing out what he was actually doing wrong, which was almost everything else. But they were running on this narrative of he's he's he won because the Russians he's Russian he's lost Putin he's Putin's best friend and they were just doing that on the news every day and they were just like oh we found this email with somebody talking to somebody in Russia and that was what they were running on and then they were just like ah that's not like a real thing <laughs> so like I'm gonna they agree. tried to push him on that I'm going and to he agree did way and worse disagree he did way worse stuff than that he did he did but I'm also going to blame everybody in Congress wholeheartedly. Uh, because forget the bipartisanship, forget your job, forget that. Let's just deal with what's right and what's wrong. The bottom line is you've grown men and women, and forget all that other dunk. Can you not see what, the, what what is going on here? Yeah, this guy breeds hate everywhere he walks. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, crazy. So if you're if you're giving your constituents and you you know saying that this is what I'm going to do, I'm I'm coming up here to do this and coming here to make some kind of change, and you cannot see that this man is calling women uh, certain things, you're calling gold star families certain things, you're talking about the military, you're talking about. People of color, you're talking about countries, you know, living in shithole countries. You're talking about this and talking about that. And you can't see this is racially uh, divisive. You can't see that. You can't just see that just from a human being standpoint. Mm-hmm. That's something wrong. But the thing is, they did see it. They just didn't care is, is, the, is the issue here. Um, I remember when he was running and I went to dinner with you and my mom one time. And I was like. Donald Trump is going to win. Yeah, and did, I feel like y'all did. thought I was giving him yeah. an endorsement, yeah. and I wasn't. I was just like, I know people, and I know that the major, the silent majority, not so silent now, right. but the silent majority of people are these people that, since the majority is, like, white, these people that feel like they've been disenfranchised somehow because they can no longer call people niggers openly, and they can That's no true. longer... That's true. Treat women crazy, and they can no longer be racist to people openly. And they're just like, "Well, what happened to our rights? We can't do this anymore." And That's they true. feel like they've been put in the back burner. So they got this, th- excuse my language, but asshole of the year coming out being like, "No, I champion for y'all. I grab him by the pussy. I don't care." And they're just like, "Oh, this guy's awesome." And then he's saying that we can get a job. He's awesome. He loves clean coal, which isn't a thing. <laughs> he's great. This guy's cool. That's literally what it is. It's like that's so I saw that. We me and my friends all saw that. We were like we saw that and then we saw that they the DNC screwed Bernie, which they did twice. Yeah. And we were like, that was the only person that could have beat him at the time. That was the person that could have beat him. And they screwed him because Bernie actually wanted to help people. And a lot of the things that he was trying to promise, he probably couldn't have get done get done, but he would have pushed for it at least. But you got and they saw that, and they were like, "But you uh, got to understand what was going on at the time, though." So you know, with with Hillary, and I know <laughs> how you feel. So we're not going to go down that Hillary road. Either. We're not going to go down that road. I don't like the Clintons, <laughs> so we're not going to go down that road. But um, the thing was, you talking about <clears throat> a a younger person, mm-hmm. be it male or female, mm-hmm. but at the time you're talking about um, a highly sophisticated, educated woman mm-hmm. um, that at the time. Um, America was looking toward that. Mm-hmm. And so Bernie being an older white male 
um, they was trying to. But the thing was, thing. he would have won. Is that that's Possibly. my argument? Yeah, we're we're trying to go for optics, which is what I think that we keep doing, which right. is wrong. We're trying to get, and I say this all the time with like other things like policing and and putting people as a mayor and stuff like that. We're we're saying that we need these these diverse people in places of power, but we are not putting the right people in places of power. I agree. I, I think that just to be like we need a woman, and I know that's not what you're saying, but that's what we were looking for at the time. We we're like, we need a woman, a strong woman, and she is educated, which she is. Right. We need this woman, and they were like, we're gonna push for this woman. We're getting changed. We got a black guy now. We're about to get a woman, but like these people aren't good people. <laughs> like they're right. just not. And to push for that as opposed to the person that we actually wanted, young people came out in droves to vote for this man because he's been he he brought the receipts. He was marching with MOK. Where was Hillary? Was, <laughs> these people were born in the 40s. Hillary, what was Hillary born in like 50s, I think? These people were born in the 40s. They are old. Trump and Joe Biden were born in the 40s. These people were old. <laughs> Where were they at? They were grown. Okay. Okay. Where were they? Where were they walking around? <laughs> Who were they walking with? Like, Bernie has been, he was out there for women's rights. He was the only man out there. There's pictures of this man. And we didn't vote for him. We put Hillary. In. They stole money from. Were they stole money from uh, Haiti? They called black people super predators. He doubled down on the man. Come on, bro. <laughs> I'm not but yeah, they, this they, with you. they. These people are terrible, man. I don't know. Um, <laughs> My son. These people are terrible. Okay. Uh, let's go to the next question. What was that question? Even oh, who's the worst president? <laughs> I said Trump. Donald Trump. Yeah, I agree. He was his terrible. <laughs> this is a terrible guy. I think that he's that's the craziest thing that we're not looking at the insurrection as like what it was, which is the coup. That's that's crazy. Like he really unsuccessfully did a, a coup that was months planned months ahead. That's crazy to me. And like he's not in jail. Yeah, that's the part that, that I think <laughs> is um crazy. because according to the law, um when you start talking about the law, um to me, regardless of whether you're the president of the United States or not, it's called fruit of the poisonous tree. Mm-hmm. And so anything thereafter that if you incite, it's just like I used to always tell you, son, if you get in the car with somebody mm-hmm. and they go steal something, everybody in there, yeah, in the car going, is going down. Going, going down. And so, and if anything happens thereafter because of whatever you was involved in, it, it gets, it's a part of that. People so, died. Yeah, so people died because of your incitement of this riot, and now you should be held accountable for it because you're the you were the leader of this this mob, and they had a mob mentality. Um, they had prop- a meeting. They had a rally before. Right. So where he spoke at. So um, <laughs> he should he should go to jail. Um, He's but, not going to. But the the way um, things you know powers that be, he's not. Now, if it was people of color, one, you never would have got that close to to, to you, you never would have got that close to the to, to the steps in the first place. At all. Um, and me and Trevor were talking yeah, about it. It, it, it never would have happened. So. It was like, bro, they had more they had more security at uh, Urban Outfitters during the Black Lives Matter protests than they had at the capital of the United States when all mm. these people were out there with a planned insurrection with zip ties and weapons. They had zip tie. People had the people, right. not the police, had right. zip tie right. handcuffs right. ready to kidnap people and, and string people. them up. They and said hang, they were out hang. there in front yelling, "Pike heads on pikes, right. heads on pikes, heads on pikes." 
That's crazy. So. That's hilarious. Uh, this guy's awesome. Again, if you didn't vote for Donald Trump, uh, just w- when's the next election? 2024? Yeah. 2024, Donald Trump. He's going to run again. So vote for that guy. He was awesome. Same like my endorsement for Joel Osteen. That guy's cool. Um, these are both really cool guys. <laughs> you should you should get behind wow. them before it's too late. Uh, <laughs> um, let's go to a more... Uh, more serious one how did you deal with depression in a time where men couldn't i wouldn't say couldn't didn't openly express their feelings wow how did i deal with depression when men didn't openly um wow it's one of those things honestly that has cost me tremendously because i actually um uh compressed it um, you know, um, being a military person, you you know my 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 dad, your grandfather. Um, back then, uh, n- my dad did not express his feelings about anything. So, <clears throat> um, you know, so me growing up the way I g- grew up, um, I never did get a chance to express um, what what my feelings were because he didn't express how he felt. So I always kept my feelings to myself. And then going into the military, uh, going into the Marine Corps, you know, you you were you, you were this tough, mean, green, da-da-da. And so you didn't show your feeling, no pain, no gain. Uh, you know, weaknesses, pain, leaving the body. And so you, you didn't express that. So I, I could not, I couldn't, I was not allowed to, to show because you know we we teach boys we teach our we teach our girls it's okay to cry to be soft to be sensitive to allow your feeling but we always tell boys our young our young males you know you know don't cry suck it up you know da 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 and so um, it was very difficult for me to do that and and it's only when I ended up going to counseling because you know as you know that. Um, I had some serious challenges, even when, you know, I think, uh, you know, when you were, I think it was like eight or ten when we went to the soccer thing. Mm, it was basketball. Basketball, yeah, basketball thing. So it, it was at that point in time where I snapped, and it was like, you know, because you were taking three-pointers or something like that. And I was like, okay, this uh, this is enough. And so, you know, not to divulge, you know, what happened, but um, me compressing – all of my emotions and my feelings, it, it 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 took a whole different way. It came out as frustration and anger, as opposed to releasing it. And so I ended up having to go to counseling. And going to counseling, um, what my counselor told me was that it's like putting stuff in a in a kitchen trash can. You keep on pressing it down and pressing it down and pressing it down and pressing it down. Eventually, trash cans run over. And so um, what I had to do was learn how to release it. And I also had to learn how to say I'm sorry and, and realize that I don't know everything. And, and, and sometimes I had to learn how to listen and that your ideas, you and Brianna's ideas, uh, that y'all have, y'all have your own opinion. Uh, we taught you to be independent. We taught you how to, to, to voice your opinion, to stand your ground. And that's why I told you on multiple occasions that you've been a better man at your age 
um, than I have at, at that very same age because you were able to converse with me and say to me, hey, Dad, listen, I, I'm thinking this and this is this and this is that and you know, you're wrong with this. And then I can come back and say, you know what, you're right, I'm sorry. Uh, or I shouldn't have did that. And, and, and to this day, our conversation has always been at the end of our conversation, what do we always say? Every every conversation, every, before I hang up, what do I always say? Oh, I love you. I love you. And so I always got to do that because I never got that. My dad never told me that. So um, ever since, you know, you've been born, I always say, hey, man, I love you before I get off the phone with you because I don't ever want you to n not know or not hear from me that I love you. So that's one of those things. So growing up in an era where I couldn't do it, 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 made, <clears throat> it made me suffer because it ate me up inside because I didn't know how to express it. And so it took a different thing. It, it took a, it, it took on a different form, and it and, and and it was destructive to me, which then became destructive to the family, mm -hmm. because people don't <coughs> know where you come from. They don't know what's going on. All they see is the residual effects. They don't know what the root cause is, and so when it comes out in anger and frustration and this, they don't know that you're hurting. They don't know all those other things, and so. Until they know that, it's just you're pushing people away. So that's how, you know, it came about. All right. Let's go. I'm going to keep going through these questions because we're running out of time. Okay. Um, we talked a lot about Joel Osteen. Again, great guy. Joel Osteen, don't send your people after me. I love you a lot. You're cool. <laughs> cool uh, for you guys listening, please know he's being <laughs> facetious. You're a cool dude. I love you. You're awesome. Your hair is cool. I love the gel. Um, what's a lesson you learned as a man you wish you learned earlier? <clears throat> oh, wow. A lesson that I've learned as a man that I wish I would have learned earlier. Oh, wow. How to take my time. Um, how, how, to, how to slow down and take my time. Uh, I, I wish I would have learned that. Um, that um, everything is not pressing, um, that there, there's a process to everything. Um, things just don't happen overnight. Um, I think we started the conversation off about, about you know, you, you were talking about the work that you put in to doing, to doing your music. You've been doing your music since you was in school. Um, and so now you're 25 and, and you're, you're hitting your stride, but you've been doing this work since you was in high school. And so everything just doesn't happen mm -hmm. that way. So as a, as a grown man, I've learned that I should have slowed down with a lot of things in, in, when I was younger. When I was younger, I was trying to get things done quickly, quickly, quickly. And so I missed the process. I, I missed some of the steps. And so and because I may have accomplished some things or got some things done, uh, it may have been put together, but it wasn't sturdy. Um, it's just like people putting together a bicycle or putting together a shell. If you don't read the instructions, you may put it together. It may be finished, but it's not sturdy. It's not complete because you may have left the screw out. You may have left something. You didn't tighten something. You didn't put something together. So that lesson of slowing down, um, pacing myself, you know, taking every step, going through the process is what I wish I would have learned uh, back then. Sure. <clears throat> Let's see. <laughs> Trevor asked one. This is the only one I remember who who asked. Um, 
and it goes into you talking about being in the Marines. He his question was, war. That's the question. So wherever you want to take that, <laughs> he just wanted me to ask you about war. What, what do you, whatever you feel like divulging, is way war. <laughs> it's literally all it says. It's just war. Trevor, he wants to know about war. What do you what do you got to say about it? About war? It's not a fun thing. Um, I I don't know what you specifically want to know about it. Uh, but if you want to uh, give me a call, I'll give you any answer you want. Um, it's not something that um, people who've been been there really want to talk about. Um, it's not a fun memory because there's nothing fun about war, especially when there's loss of life. Um, when you either have to take it or when your comrades have lost it, uh, especially when, um, you know, the ultimate sacrifice is loss of life. But when you have people who have lost limbs, uh, lost eyes and things of that nature. But even when you've lost your own sense of who you are, um, people go away uh, one way to war and they come back. That's where PTSD comes in. And with the female veterans, be it Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps, Coast Guard, uh, when they come back, um, especially with the, like I said, with the female, there's what's called MST, uh, military sexual trauma. Um, mm. That right there, so when you have both PTSD and MST combined, that's a whole different person. So moms and dads, when they send their, their 16, 17, 18-year-old children away and they spend 8, 9, 10 years in the military and they come back and they're totally different, uh, even if it's just a minimum of four years, and they've gone to Afghanistan, Iraq, or wherever they've gone to, and they've come back and they've experienced those things, it's totally different. The child that they get back or the young adult that they get back is totally different. And that's where some of those things that that previous question that you asked me about um, in terms of depression uh, depression is something that uh, they will experience those depression moments because they don't know how to deal with it. And that's what I suffered from for 20-some-odd years, um, where you, you're depressed, you're, you're mentally challenged, you're, 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 you're emotionally and psychologically imbalanced. And, and so war takes, you know, not only um, physical uh, uh changes but mentally psychologically um it, it it changes the whole person so um trevor i don't know exactly <laughs> what, what you want to know but if you really want to have that conversation you and jc can come by the house and we can sit down and we can talk as much about it i have photo albums you can look at them if you want um and we can we can we can you know t get into this as much as you you know, would like to, but you know, it's just something, something that I really just don't like talking about because it's one of those things. Anybody who's ever been to uh, an actual war, I'm not talking about just going overseas. It's going overseas or just going on on, on a med float or a Westpac or something like that is one thing. But when you actually have to go to war, it's something totally different. Um, it's it's a different beast when you like I say when you have to send rounds downrange and then rounds are coming back at you downrange and stuff is blowing up people are losing lives it's a different beast and so you know like I said if you want to talk about it we can talk about it off you know off air for sure so war as always I'm giving my endorsement love war uh 
I think we need it. <laughs> That's one I'm not gonna. I'm gonna tell you. I'm not serious about that one. Um. Uh, what is one thing that you want to be known that I learned from you? Say again. What's one thing you want to be known that I learned from you? Like you want it to be known that. I know it because you taught it to me. Uh, how to play basketball. <laughs> well, I suck at basketball, so good job. <laughs> no, no, you no. Didn't no. do too great there, no. Chief. <laughs> no. Um, wow. I think just overall, hmm, I just, I, I think that I would really like um, for people to know you know if after I'm dead and gone if if someone was to say what did you learn from your dad I think that a sense of humanity that that you put your best foot forward that you give 100% effort to anything that you do that you treat people with respect um, that you uh, you're kind um, you're you know you're you're open um, and you know you're respectful, um, and that you know you're going to do your very level best. You're not gonna you you you're not going to take anything from anybody, but you're not you know you're you're definitely going to finish whatever you start. Um, you're not going to take anything uh, from anybody. You're not going to let anybody run you over or run over you. Um, but you know at the same time you're going to be respectful, manable, which you you've always been that way. Um, you've been opinionated, but you've always been respectful in that manner. So I would like people to know that you are a respectable, uh, upstanding citizen. You, you, you have a, uh, a very um, outgoing personality. You are a contributor to society. Um, and, you know, just all-around all good guy. So, um, and, and that's just the simplistics of life, that you are a true um just a, a gift to society as a whole so that you you are a, a, a true man in every sense of the word so um, that's what I would like I, I tried to teach you to be an all-around man uh, that 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 being a man is not just necessarily being you know walk around beating your ch- chest and say I am a there's a sensitive side there's a there's a there's an intellectual side there's, there's, there's this side that listens there's a side that gives there's a side that helps and assist, you know, there's this all-around side of being an individual contributor to society. And that's what I think I would like people to know. All right. Well, that was more than one thing. Um, <laughs> also, uh, um, he said that I was a gift to society, and another gift to society I would like to say is Joel Osteen. That guy, love him. I just want you to know, Joel Osteen, if I could, if he would, like, endorse me or something, Joel Osteen, you should, like, sponsor this podcast, honestly. We talk nothing but favorably about you. I'm gonna buy one of those cubes. <laughs> those cubes with those those positive affirmations, because I think that would even make me an even better man if I could listen to all 365 of those affirmations like every day for 35.99, 34.99 on his website, joelstein.com. See Joelstein free advertisement. You might as well sponsor me, guy. I tell you what, then I'll just make you one, and you can just come by the house and. I'll it's not the one. same. It's not Joel Osteen. You're not Joel Osteen. <laughs> Joel, yeah. If you were Joel Osteen, I'd want it. 
<laughs> but you're not, so well, don't. I'm your dad, so you yeah, but you know Joel Osteen. <laughs> that guy's awesome. Um, that's that's it for the questions. Uh, is there anything else you wanna you wanna you wanna leave on the on, on the table here, Chief? Uh, <laughs> not really. Other than the fact that uh, one, as I've always said, I'm extraordinarily proud of everything that you've done. Um, I love your music, and um, I would say to everybody, um, you're going to do, um, you're going to continue to do extraordinarily um, positive and great work. And so uh, from the, the first time I watched you beat on my pots in the kitchen up until what you're doing now, I've always been proud of you. I still have your music uh, on my phone. I listen to music that you hate. Uh, as you've evolved, I still listen to it. And so I am um, your biggest fan. Uh, I don't comment on everything that you do um, on your social media, uh, but I do love your work, and I I'm, I'm, I'm support you uh, with everything you do. So I'm just, everybody who watches this podcast, please support him. Please buy his music, um, support his films. Um, and if you ever see me write something on it, just, you know, be, be, be mindful that his dad is, is saying something. I, I call him JC. Y'all call him Dende and, and, and whatever y'all call him. But I'm always going to refer to him as JC because I'm his dad. So other than that, you guys have a great, great, great day. All right. Appreciate you guys for listening.